Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Vic Viper. I've had a new name. Been christened by the Pie Factory Podcast. It's flipping Gallagher. And you are, sir. I am Sean in your face around about the chops, Holly. And how do you pronounce Gallagher? I say it. Does it matter? Yes. All right. Oh, yes. I say it Gallagher. No, you don't. I do. Oh, my Do cranium area. pronounce it like that. How dare you? Anyway, we're the po- 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. Welcome. we got lots to talk about. Yeah. About arcade stuff. Uh, yes, arcade stuff. That's, what we're, that's why we're here. We are indeed. And let's talk about our antics from the past two weeks. What have you been up to? Oh, I've been up to tons, mate. Tell me about stuff. But yes. Tell me about Blackpool. Yes, I've been to play Black. I've been helping set up the Play Blackpool arcade as provided by retro games party james mm-hmm. so i've been there sort of a few days this week and then i was there today for the first day of play blackpool we are recording on saturday so i'm back tomorrow for the second day of the actual event it's been great fun really enjoyed Round it too yeah i've what i've done this time i haven't done an audio diary like i normally do because they're beginning to sound all the same do you know busy as well yeah so mm-hmm. what i've done i've done a video diary Oh, cool. So you can check that out on our YouTube. It's just the lead-up to the event. It's not the actual event because people do, there's hundreds of people recording the actual event. I'm sure. So this is just the lead-up to it from an empty room to a room full of stuff. A room full of cool stuff with bleepy, cool bloppy stuff. graphics and pew, pews and stuff. I met excellent. some great, great people, and we'll talk about that in the shout-outs. Okay, excellent. That's been good. So last Saturday, no, last Sunday, sorry... It's a bit like Ski Sunday, but it was called Sarge Sunday. Sarge come <laughs> round. I went and picked him up. I gave him a load of stuff. I had to take him a load of stuff to his house that he couldn't really take on the train or whatever. And I picked him up, and we come back here, and we were doing uh, the Vertvik sweatshop on the Vectrex controllers. Yes. He was busy soldering away. I had him strapped to a chair. I was on the floor on a pillar drill drilling stuff, and we mm. did a load of work on our Vectrex controllers. We got halfway through doing all the wiring. There's a lot more wiring than we imagined. Loads of wiring going on, loads of business. It was cool. It was really good, actually. We got a lot done. Mm-hmm. And after that, we went in the games room and had a few games of stuff. Yeah, but it did look a bit like a geeky sweatshop in the Holly Room. Mm. Holly Room, did you say then? The hobby Room, not the Holly Room. It's oh, only the Holly Room when you're in here with me. <laughs> hey, guess what? Guess what, 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 what? I've been speaking to Jim Bagley today. Oh, nice. How is he? He's fine, yeah. He's got plenty. You know, he's doing the bomb jack on the Vectrex. I do know that. You told me last time. He's got plans for other stuff afterwards. That. Ooh, on what, on what formats? On Vectrex. Oh, has he really? Yeah, he's planning to do other stuff. Oh, nice. Is he... I'm not, I'm not going to say in case he doesn't do it. Oh, okay. Is that, a, yeah. is that a 7809 processor in the Vectrex? I think it's a 4897B slash 17 banana. Are you making that up? Yeah. Hmm. I'll have to give you one of them again. Oh, my nose. You monkey. Excellent. I, well, I look forward to doing listening to that and see what he's up to. Mm. Oh, he's a good games writer, that guy. Yeah, really nice guy, Jim. Fingers in all pies. Lovely. That's brilliant. Also, I showed Sarge how to play Banku Panaku, and I got my highest score when he was there. Live in front of Sarge. Sarge is my witness. Can I get a witness? <laughs> yes, Sarge is in the house. Yeah, that's when... Oh, we'll talk about that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes. I also got 34,000 when he was watching me play Cosmic Allen as well. Oh, that is a good score on that. That's yeah, very... I'm focusing on getting 40,000. I think I can get 40,000. Mm. I do like a bit of Allen, me. Mm, Cosmic Allen. Cosmic Allen. Brilliant. Oh, another thing I've been trying to get. Oh, God, it annoyed me. I'm nearly there now, though. I've been trying to get Windows 7 on a PC to put in my Naomi. I want to upgrade to Groovy Mame, mm. which everyone tells me is the next best thing to slice bread 
and arcade PCBs. It's the closest yeah. thing you can get, I reckon. Mm. And it is good, but I hate, I really hate Windows. I hate working with Windows. Mm. It's so painful. I just could not get it on there. I was trying to use a USB stick to put Windows on because it's quicker than using a DVD, and it wouldn't mm. work. And then I had to burn a DVD, and it wouldn't work. And in the end, I found out, it's quite a silly mistake I should have noticed, really, but... I was trying to put a 64-bit version of Windows 7 on a 32-bit computer because it was an old computer that was running XP before. But right. the thing is, right, that's fair enough. I made a mistake. But why didn't Windows have a bit of code in it to say you can't run a 32-bit, you know, a 64-bit operating system on a 32-bit computer? Silly. And I'd have gone, aha, okay, and not wasted my whole day doing it. I thought it did. No, it doesn't. It just hung. It just said Windows is um, copying files. It does that little white bar thing. And it says Windows is loading, and, and the logo wouldn't come up, and it just hung there. Mm. So, oh, God. But I got another computer, an old computer, but still a good one. Put a decent graphics card in it, which Groovy Mame actually accepts. You've got to have a certain HD, whatever number, ATI graphics card in there. And yeah. it works like a treat. It's lovely. What I've got to do next is put all my me, me old ROMs that I had on my old version onto there with Marla and run it all running together. So it runs the same as before, but you get all the really nice video graphics uh, modes and everything. Mm. There's hundreds of modes on there it can do. Because that, that's the idea of it. You use a thing called, I think it's, it's CRTMU driver. It's a different driver for your video card, and it provides loads more video modes than it it's usually does. Yeah. So it uses all the old um, arcade video modes, you know, the 320 by 240 and the, the 240 by 234 and all of that, the old stuff, and it works really well. Excellent. I played, I put a few test ROMs on there. I put Bank Panic on there. I put mm-hmm. Salamander, 1942, Star Force, and Pac Mania, because Pac Mania is the game. I always notice that judders when you play it on normal main. Yeah. And it's working like a treat. Ooh, I'm going to have to get the PC you gave me. I'm going to have to get that set up, aren't I? Yes. When I get round to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you'll be able to run a 64-bit version there. You have to have a look. I'm not sure what kind of process is in that one. But, mm. I, yeah, probably, you can still use a 32-bit version of Windows 7. I think it's a square processor, looking at it. I think it's a square processor with a big heat sink on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A sink of guess, heat. Guess where oh. I've been as well. Where else have you been? The previous weekend to this one, I've been to Keswick, Whitwaff. Keswick? Keswick, lovely Keswick, a little village just outside Keswick called Portinscale. What happens in Ke- Portinscale? Uh, nothing, that's the point. It's really... Ah, tranquil. nice and quiet, was it? Yeah, I went to see some big nature. Big nature? Mountains, trees, lakes, because it's like Elephants? District. I guess what else? No, not... Do they not have yet. elephants in Keswick? No, they have... Um, lions. Maybe. <laughs> Lions. Guess what I saw though, right? What we went up to a, we went to Castle Rig, I think it's called Stone Circle. Yeah, and there's obviously a stone circle on this hill, and the the, the view of the mountains around are amazing. Nice. And all these little information boards as you walk in tell you, like, we don't know what this... It could have been a sacrificial stone circle from Neolithic times. Ooh. It could have been this, it could have been that, but I've worked out what it is. Go on, you've got a stupid look on your face, tell me. <laughs> what it is, right, one of the stones, I think it faces east as the sun rises, yeah. looks exactly like a, g- <laughs> a golf cab. So I think these people were invaded by the Gorfian Empire in 2500 AD and started worshipping them. There, yeah. there is nothing on the sort of information boards to state this, mm. but I, it's a theory I'm sticking with. You're theorising. Mm. So these stone circles were, were made as far back as 1981? Yes. Wow, that is old, isn't it? How well, the heck the, did they put them there? The Gorfian Empire, you know, they could have been around for ages. Might have been. Because programmers just don't think up a game that good in that, you know. You no, know. it came from another place. Mm. A galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Oh, God, you're infecting me. <laughs> also, I've been listening to the Diary of an Arcade Employee podcast with Vic Sage. He's mentioning us on there. Thank you, Vic. He's, he's a good, nice guy, and it's a good podcast. Oh, then, have you heard the, the latest one about Mappy? I haven't. Because we, we sort of delved, we put our little toes in the water of Mappy when we did the 60 in 1 podcast. Mm. But he goes right into it, and he was saying that, that it was actually, um, it was about robots. Mappy was actually a robot toy to start with. Not micro, please. No, no. There were robots. There were sort of toy mm-hmm. robots you could buy. And they made a game out of it. Yeah. Sort of, and there's a big backstory to it. It's very interesting. 
Right. Very informative. He goes right deep into it. I also found out that our friend John Munkus, who's a bit too good at games for our liking, if you if you know what I mean, mm. he is the tech guy at Arcadia Retrocade, which Vic works at, where he does the podcast from. That's how he knows so much about PCBs and games. That's why he's such a games player, because he works in a flipping arcade. Right. Ah, there you go. Ah. I knew he'd heard his name somewhere before. I think he has mentioned it, and we've, we did sort of know that, but we've forgotten. Oh, nice. Nice job, though, if you can get it. Yeah, cool. yeah. Also went to see Mark Thomas live comedy last Monday. That was really good. That was easy, all right. Yeah, excellent actually. That's quite fair. quite fun. He does a lot of London centric things. He's he's from South London, and mm. he's he's been quite mischievous. Put it that way. <laughs> Very good. Mm. Also, at Play Blackpool today, I did a podcast with some of the guys. I've met. Have I, met? I said this already. I, I haven't said it ever. I don't know. You did a podcast. How many of you were there anyway? Tell me. About eight. I saw a picture on Twitter uh, that had a lot of people's feet. It was like a oh, picture of you lot, but they missed off the heads of everyone. Well done, whoever took that picture. I didn't see that. Someone must have t- yeah, yeah I couldn't see you. If I'd seen biscuits on the table, I'd known it was you. I've had no biscuits today. What? That's why you're weak. Go and have a biscuit, yeah, son. A I had one earlier before we started. And also, I've been looking at a bit of arcade history, because I like delving into it, and I was looking at the history of Gremlin, who Sega bought out. Oh, that Gremlin, not the Gremlin 8-bit software people. No. Okay. And they were just... I'll, I'll perhaps go into this in a future podcast about Gremlin and Sega and everything. But what they sort of started doing before they got into video games, they made something called Wall Games. Yeah, I'd never heard of them before. Never seen one. I haven't. I think it's an American thing. So I looked at this site. There is a site called wargames.com. Yeah, I had a quick look. And it's... It looked like like a, a TV mounted on a wall. Yeah, flat screen, and, like a framed glass thingy, isn't it? Yeah, but these were 70s, and I think mm. they were just sort of a, a lights behind the screen. There's no actual video. So how do you interact with it then? It's like a remote control, like a TV remote control. When you point at it. Yeah, so oh, there's like okay. shooting games. All you've got to do is, I guess, press one button and like the lights shoot up and then you hit the clay pigeon or whatever. Oh, okay. Because I thought it was like a, um, like a sort of, light gun type of fair, you shoot the lights as they come on the screen. We'll have to look into it. Yeah. They're coming to yeah. quite I've never seen or heard them. We couldn't have got them over here, surely. No, but it, they're a massive thing. They sort of went from the early 70s, I think way into the 80s. Wow. Wall games. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, I'm going to have a look into that. Mm, excellent. That is from All in Colour for a Quarter. I think I've mentioned it before. The Arcade Historian blog. Good he's, name. He's great. He's, he's, there's so much information on there. Excellent. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do then, as we normally do. Let's do a bit of arcade news. Well, there's a new Donkey Kong World record. This keeps spinning backwards and forwards. It does. Every, almost every month, as someone gets another sort of squeezes another 100,000 out of it. Ooh, yeah. A lot of competition and, going there, which I quite like. Mm. And that is reported on Arcade Heroes, which is. Yeah. And I think it's donkeykong.com as well, is it? Whether it's the actual scoreboard. That's the forum, yeah. I'm on there as well. I go on there. I haven't been on there for a while. I haven't played Donkey Kong for a bit. So yeah, it's very there's... good because there's loads of loads of information how to play Donkey Kong. If you really want to get into Donkey Kong and you think it's a bit hard, go on a Donkey Kong forum and it tells you how to play and gives you loads of hints of how to play and, and sort of there's a they really go into it. You know, they go into the code of the game, the history, the play methods, and there's also Donkey Kong Junior and Crazy Kong. It's good, it's a really good site. So it's Wes Copeland has got a score of 1,195,100 oh points. That's pretty good, isn't it? Mm. That's about 900,000 more than I can get. I was playing, well, I wasn't playing, I was watching Mr. Bobby Idod. Is it Idod? Yes, Idod, Idod. yes, we know yep. Bobby. He was playing DK2 today at uh, Blackpool. Okay. That's yeah. the really hard game, isn't it? Yeah, the high score on, my on that. One. I've got that on mine, and it's difficult to play. High score on that one is about 14,000, and it's his score, and it's been on there for a while. <laughs> I think the world record is only 200 and something thousand because it is demonly hard. It's an yeah. awful game to play. So difficult. Mm. Normally, when you see a game like that set up, it usually gives you five lives as standard because it is so difficult to play. I mm. really want to play DK Remixed, the one with the new levels and the different play mechanics. Yeah. I haven't got around to getting it yet. I think my Donkey Kong board's gone on the fritz. Uh, oh, my Donkey Kong Junior! I put it on the other day for Sarge to play, and there's no sound on it. The sound's disappeared. Oh, stupid thing! I have to investigate that. Stupid, stupid thing. 
Oh, Raiden 5 is out exclusively on Xbox One in Japan. I'd like to see that. I don't think I'd buy an Xbox One. I'm not into the modern stuff at all. Don't mm-hmm. give two hoots about it. <laughs> That's my two hoots. I don't give about modern console games. That's good, that. But it looks really good. It looks like Raiden 4, but a bit nicer. Mm. It's, it's still a 2D game. The one thing I don't like about the later Raidens is when you, you're whizzing over... You know the parallax scrolling? When you're whizzing over... Yeah. Um, a town or whatever, and you're shooting, and it tends to mess my eyes up when it's moving so quickly past you, mm-hmm. when, the, when the ground's moving so quickly. But it does slow down to areas when you're sort of shooting, you know, static objects and things, but it does mess my eyes up a little bit, because 4 did that as well. But still nice to see them continue in the riding series, which I really like. Yeah, that's good, that. Mm-hmm. SNK Playmore have rebranded themselves, Again. SNK, mm-hmm. just SNK, and they've also... Renewed. I think it's renewing a copyright to their "the future is now" phrase that was in the Neo Geo days. Is this a big deal? Well, I th- well it indicates that they're going to do something. You know, going to oh, start. That's nice. Yeah, but yeah. the logo change—it just looks like a blue SNK without mm. the play more, play more business. Yeah. Mm, let's hope they do some games. Yeah. Maybe they'll sort out that that hidden game. They, you know, the lost game, the Dave dragons Dragon. one. Yeah. Dave the Dragon, whatever it's called. Hopefully they'll finish that off, maybe, and release it. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Congratulations to Stuart Tracy of Time Warp Arcade on the birth of his second daughter a few weeks ago. We missed it, but congrats, Stuart and family. Nice one. New small person in the house. Yep. Oh, nice little video of the a little arcade pie kit released by Adafruit I put on there. I'll put that on the show notes. It's yeah. another little arcade uh, machine they've made out of a pie. It's quite good because you get the whole kit together. You don't need a lot of um, technical know-how to put these together. Maybe solder a few little bits and just put some bits together. It's really mm. cool. Uh, so have a look at that on the website. I was speaking to Swiss Tony, he's called. I, I, yes, I know him from UK Vac. I never met him in person, though. Yeah, I met him very briefly. He had two pints in his hands and he's wondering. But he was on about, he said, oh, you should do some on the jammer pie thing. And I yeah. think we should. I think we well, should. I... I have, I, well, I shouldn't really say because I, I never get around to it otherwise. I did think about a new project to do because I'm always wanting to do a new project. I need to finish some old projects off first. But what I want to do is I've got a, I think it's an Astro Wars little VFD game. You know the old tinny games you used to play when you were a kid with a background? Yeah, great. With a little yeah. sort of LED, they're called VFD games. I'm not sure what VFD stands for. Mm-hmm. But I've got one of those. Uh, the thing is, it's still working. So what I might do is carefully take it apart and keep the bits stored so I can always put it back together again. Yeah. I wanted to put a pie in that. It's only got a left-right joystick and one button, so you could play Galaxian Space Invaders, those kind of games in it. Cosmic Allen. Mm. Cosmic Allen on the go. How cool would that be? I think Astro Wars was probably the best and best designed of those little games. It was I a good think. one, yeah. So I think it may be sacrilege doing that, Vic. Scrambles are good as well, though. Mm. I had that when I was a kid. But if, I get, if I'm careful with it, I wouldn't have to ruin anything. I'd just take it out mm. and put the pie in, in place because the place is quite small. And what I want to do as well is I've actually got, I bought for another project years ago, never finished, is a little battery pack, a rechargeable battery pack from like a, uh, an old Sony camera. Mm-hmm. So I've got the whole pack. And you could fit it in there and have it rechargeable so you could play it on the go because the pies don't take up very many watts of amp- or amperage, or whatever you want to call it, of... of mm. um, power so you can run it on a battery that'd be quite cool you can take it around places and play cosmic allen on the bus that'd be pretty nifty i think great there is a new this is uh, yeah this is quite fortuitous i was looking into gremlin and sega yeah and i found i think this is from darren from retro dominations posted this on his site yeah a new sega interactive arcade archive and it's in japanese so you have to translate and it's all the sega arcade games from 1970 in a a little kind of spinny kind of a worldy interactive site but you can turn it into a list which i do yeah and then you can just click on all the games even the electromechanical stuff and stuff like that that's official sega as well is it yeah oh wow i'll have to look at that there's a couple i think that they've missed but i don't think they were American uh, uh, Japanese releases. I think they're in America, so I think it's just Japanese releases. I hope they do American one as well, then, because there'll be some extras in there. I think. Yeah. Cool. I think it's up to 2010. Excellent. Yeah, it's really interesting. So check that out. There'll be a link in the no shows. I will. 
Another link in the show notes will be that GCC Crazy Otto GDC talk in full. We found the yeah, link now. I'm going to put that in there as well. So that's an interesting one to have a look at. That we talked about. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm, and the GCC guys did a lot more than just Crazy Otto, but you can, yeah, have a read of that. That's good. Our friend from our local area, Mr. Mike Heald, has got Wolverblade greenlit, which means it will be for for sale on Steam. Oh, wow, that's cool. Everyone will be able to play it now. So it's, it's the really excellent Golden Axe Stroke Castle Crashes, you won't let me say, in this game. Yeah, really cool graphics. I loved it. Mm. When we saw it at uh, no. Nerg last year, wasn't it? We had it on, on display in an arcade cabinet. Yeah. I wonder if we could go to the, the, the Griffin Aerotech guys, the Sky Cursor guys, and get it on their arcade board. That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? It would be, wouldn't I it? tell him about that if he doesn't know already. Mm. Groovy. Oh, Dangan Feverone, Fever SOS, Cave Game. Oh, is it Cave Game or Tower Plan? Cave. Cave, wasn't it? Mm. That's been released on, released on the PS4 this winter. Maybe Japanese only? I'm not sure if Japanese games will work on a, a, a PAL... Or UK, sorry, PS4. I've no idea these days. So I translated the tweet. Yeah, it, and it's it, nonsense, isn't it? <laughs> into into English, and yeah. it says M2 Super Speed in the cave in FIBA, a STG meaning shooting game. Dangun Feveron PS4. This winter will be delivered. McGregor dance till you melt. Eighteen years started working. Total sense. I agree with everything you just said. It's great, though, isn't it? Let's do some pickups. Yes. I got Toidles. A new Toidles PCB. Go on, say it. What are you? Toidles. You're a a, a mama turtle. I'm a mama toidle. (laughs) Collect my kitty turtles from that building. They're all on top. Is that how a mama turtle would speak? I don't know. Exactly, yeah. She's a heavy smoker. Anyway. Yeah. I got a new PCB because my one was flaky and it just kept being funny and getting lines all over and stuff. And I kept having to kick it through the cab to make it work. So I got a new one. Gary Favoured Sun did me a very good deal for it. Really good price. It works perfectly. And I want to speak about this for a minute. You remember I mentioned I got a PCB from an unknown source that wasn't very well Mm. packed a while back. This was the total opposite. It came in a box that was lined with foam. And within that encasement of foam was the PCB, which had been taken apart, because it's a a two-stack PCB with legs on it to hold the PCBs together. They were taken apart, individually wrapped in anti-static bubble wrap and in another bag of of anti-static. And the legs and the the little connecting ribbon was in a separate bag as well. You couldn't get any more perfect a wrapping or deliverance than this. This was the epitome of how to wrap a PCB properly. Absolutely brilliant. It works a treat, and I played it, and I love the game even mm. more. And it's in a cabinet; it's going to stay in there for quite a while, I think. So, thank you very oh, much, excellent. Gary Favoured Son, for selling me that. I'm really pleased with it. Mm. Also, when Sarge came around, I, I took him some stuff around to, to get rid of some stuff to him. I think he had some monitors off me and such. He gave me a black bezel for my name. I'm swapping with my one. I got a white one. He's had a completely black one, so my name is going to have a black face now. It's gone Ooh. to the dark side. Dark bezel. Yeah, I've always wanted a black bezel. They look nice in black. Mm. He also gave me a mod chip for my little PS1, my little white PS1, which I haven't managed to fit in there yet, but I will do it soon so I can play some games on the PS1. Also, he gave me a 5-inch Sony Trinitron PVM monitor. You know, I've got some of those 8-inch PVMs. I've got a 14-inch one I use for my console gaming. He gave mm. me a 5-inch, tiny little one, and we're hopefully going to make a little project out of it. I need to take it apart and see how long the tube is. Because that's the problem that's, with those tubes. Yeah, they're quite they're long. Massive, yeah. yeah. They're a fantastic picture. Aren't they? Why are they so good? Because they were for the TV industry. They used mm. them as little monitors. When You know when you're sort of filming something on a camera? They yeah. use those to see, and they used to stack them in, in, you know, so you can see different scenes from the cameras. The BBC yeah. used to use them. I know that for a fact. And they're really good pictures. Really, really good. And they normally they run PAL and NTSC as well. And you've got loads of different options for widescreen and 4.3 and all that lot. So they're really good technical monitors. But they're an absolute treat for consoles and, and gold computers. Yeah. They're really good. A lot of them do RGB as well as composite as well, which is also good. Mm. And S-Video. Sarge again give me a C64 switchable BIOS chip, which is the... It changes the BIOS in it to Jiffy DOS. So when you run games from disk or a disk emulator, which I'm going to be doing, 
it runs them about six times faster because the, the 1541 disc drive on a C64 is notoriously slow. It's ridiculous. Mm. And this thing speeds up six times, so you don't even notice it's loading anymore. Oh, excellent. Five to ten seconds, maybe, maybe 30 seconds tops to load a game. But that's going to be going to VIP because I'm preparing that for VIP when I see him. He should be at NERG this year on the Sunday. It'd be nice to meet him mm. in person. Poison. Poison. Yeah, so that's all the feet. That's all the pickups I've got so far, I believe. You've got loads. I haven't got any. None. All I've got, all I've got is the from last time, the what's it called? The King of Air fifty-one in one emulation board. Yeah, have you played I've, any more? I've played all through the games, and there yeah. is a difference between Mame and I've got. You know, you've let me the gunbo- Gunbird PC. Yes. Well, that and playing it on the fifty-one in one, there's a, a difference, but is it's there? not. But it's definitely playable. It's not bad so, for 50-odd quid, though, is it? Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's ex- excellent go value. Excellent value. It's definitely worth getting for just a blast for all those games. Yeah, because if you to buy all those PCBs singular, if you actually get older more, that would cost an absolute fortune, wouldn't it? Because the shooters are quite expensive. Mm. Mm. It cross, cost one arm and one leg. Yeah, it would. Mm. Right. That's all the pickups done. Mm. Let's whiz on to the feedback. We have some feedback from Maximum Phil from Maximum Power Up. He's put bloody brilliant mega show. Enjoyed it immensely. Thanks, Phil. Saw him today, actually. I was going to say Phil from Minimum Power Down, but since he's given us such nice feedback, Maximum Phil! Maximum Phil. Yes. I can't wait to meet them two again at the old uh, Nerg. Mm. So, Mark Happy Dude, great podcast as always. Thank you, Mark. Tin has put bloody hell. I only just finished the last one. It was supremely excellent, by the way. Can you do a four hour one every time? Oh, yeah. Nope. yeah, yeah, no. Love that you can hear the upgrade music from the hot rod in the background of the interview with Jim Bagley. It was quite loud, wasn't it? For me, that is the defining sound of Arcade Club. It does stick in your head. It's loud, For- isn't it? Forgot to mention, chalk me up as one more person who bought Arcade Book on the strength of Sean's interview. Yeah. Loads of people on Twitter have been getting their books, actually. They love it so far. It's yeah. good. Awesome. John Munkus, our friend in America. Oh, he's got some good feedback here. Tons. Horizon is the sequel to Moon Patrol. I didn't know that. I haven't mm-hmm. played it yet, either. It does look quite good. And there's some YouTubes on here we'll put on the show notes. And he also says Slither by GDI can be described as a full-screen centipede. And he sent me a YouTube video of that. It looks quite a good game. He also says Vom- Bomb Jack on a Vectrex sounds interesting. And the best thing I never realised I needed. <laughs> the prototype found for the MVS is Dragon's Heaven. What has been found out so far is incomplete. There's hope that Shoutime or Shoutime will be able to reach out to the original developers and get a more complete version of the game. Sanrin Sanchan is not a Yoji Ishii game, but it does have two of the grunts who inter- implemented all the code in Flicky. So it's sort of got you know, bits to, to do with it. In fact, Flicky borrows Sanchan's tricycle for the attract scene, which is true. This is when we're on about the Sega System 1 That's board, right, yes. Yeah. Teddy Boy Blues is a Yoji Ishii game, though. Not too surprising by the inclusion of wraparound screens. Really were a staple in his game design. Mm. Alpha 1's put, because we're on about high scores. Have you got any high scores for every, everybody? And he's putting, I'm, I'm playing Change the Poopy Nappy at the minute. Got quite a high score still going, in fact. That's a game he can play on his own with his new yeah. Gary James Harris. Loved this game back in eighties. Was was it one of the first games that you could actually control your vehicle when you jump? I.e., you could move it left or right. Probably is, isn't it? Moon, Moon Patrol. You can't alter your velocity in mid jump. Can you not? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Oh, no, you can't. You can't. No. Well, you can take that with Gary James Harris. <laughs> Neil twenty to five. Twenty to five. Sixteen thirty-seven. He's called. So I'm just oh, saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Might as well add it up. Yeah. <laughs> said that to him last time. <laughs> Hi, guys. Firstly, I must begin with an apology for not leaving feedback last time. Doesn't matter, mate. It does not matter. It does. I think we should ban him. Okay, then. Yeah, feedback on your epic quest to conquer the, conquer the mighty 16-in-1 board. I thought I had, but obviously did not, so sorry. It was quite an endeavour and kept me entertained for 32 commutes to work. 32? Count them. It must have a six-minute, seven-minute... Commute. Go so, on. 
Yeah. Uh, onwards, though, to the Moon Patrol podcast, and I think this was one of your best. I love the amount of interviews and stories you incorporated into the usual segments. There's also plenty of talk about Bomb Jack in there, too, for the Vectrex, no less. One of my favourite games. It was also good to hear of an arcade opening somewhere in Edinburgh. My favourite city. Vic also... Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Vic also drank a cordial cocktail. Another personal favourite. Can you remember? Because you just mixed... You've got another one, haven't you? No, this is iced tea. Iced tea? That's minging. It's worse, it's worse than tea. Mm. Nice. Who doesn't enjoy mixing the dregs of one to com- one with the other to combine exciting new flavours? And also I learned a new word from Mr. H. Concatenated. Is that a new word? Is it a real word or did you make it, it up? No, it's a real word, that. I'm sure it's not concentrated, spelt wrong. <laughs> you, you can concatenate more than concentrate, I think. Okay. He says, I missed your tech tips, Vic. I rely on these to give me much-needed knowledge and stop me from licking anode caps. Don't they're do my, that, kids. Don't they're do my that. tech tips. And it's a shame that Tenpence Orchestra couldn't make it. Wow, kids. Well, kids, you've got a well. tech tip this week and the idiot orchestra are back. Yes. <laughs> and finally, I wish to thank you for getting me to play Banku Paniku. Banku Paniku. I've said it before, but I really do love the way your podcast gets me playing different games that I probably wouldn't. This is a prime example. At the onset, it appears quite a basic game until you start to work out its intricacies and score in bonus system. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, aren't Mm -hmm. we? Which can open up the game for some pretty decent scoring, providing you can get the trigger finger timing well. 50k easily being possible on level one. It's not. I haven't got the 50,000 level one. I've got 30. 30. Yeah. Kinect. No wonder he's got a, such a good score. Which I bet John Monkers can get 100,000 level one. Yeah. It's also one that you can genuinely get better at as your reactions and fingers get more used to it. Definitely. But can anyone tell me what the blue O found above the fair score in the cuckoo clock is? It's a you... pendulum. Yes. <clears throat> Tick, ticking left to right. Yeah. It's nothing to do. It's just a pendulum. P.S. Good to catch up with you again, Sean, at Arcade Club the other weekend. He, he was trying to get half a million on Bomb Jack. Wow. I kept bugging him, but he did. He did it in the end. Nice. Cheers. Well done, Neil. Hopefully yep. we'll see him at Nurg, actually. Mm, definitely. Phil Nez for life. A wise man once said, shoot stuff right in face. That's me, that. That was you. Mm. Is that all we got for feedback? I thought it more than that. Uh, I, think, I think that's it. Okay. Sarge was too busy being here to do any feedback anyway. Yes. So, let's do, get on and do some shout-outs. <laughs> Shouting out. Tim Nichols for his marvellous glossy book. I'm still waiting for mine. I can't wait for it to come through the door. Mm, but nice. Also, Sarge for the Nami bezel, the Commodore 64 chip, uh, the PS1 chip, helping out with our controllers, and he even got us dinner later on. Mm. Very nice of him. Cheers, Lovely. Sarge. Oh, just a minute. Just give him a normal ping. Can't find his... I bet he's pinched his own pinger. <laughs> Do you reckon he's going into your room and stolen his resonant ping? He might have done. Yeah. I'm going to give shout-outs to people I've met today at Play Blackpool and they did the podcast with uh, Games You Loved Guys. I met them. Yeah, I see them on Twitter all the time. Yeah, a couple of guys from the RGDS podcast. Phenomenal. The Foothead podcast, guys. Now, they're funny guys. That's, it's a, a football podcast. Ooh. Yeah, it won't be, you know, we won't cover that subject, I don't think, but it's like FIFA and all that lot. Oh, no. they're, they're, they seem really good guys. Oh, sure and the were. Retro Hour guys who were met. Never heard of them, but I might have to It's check a good one. It's riding high in charts. All right, okay. In, I think in iTunes. And also the lovely Maximum Power Up guys. We love you, Phil and Paul. We love you, baby. As usual, I'll buy them a pint and uh, yeah. see them. Yeah. Do you know what? Talking about football podcasts, you know I hate football. Yeah. It's intrinsically stupid, that sport. <laughs> Deal with it. I actually listen to a football podcast. Well, vaguely speaking. It's Bob Mortimer and one of his mates does a podcast called Atletico Mints. <laughs> yeah, and they do, they do they talk about 8% of, of football and the rest is just nonsense. Yeah. It's really funny. I like it a lot. Is that on iTunes, is it? Yeah, Atletico Mints. Because I follow oh, Bob on Twitter and he keeps going on about it. So I'll like, oh, listen to it. I don't really like football. And it's nothing about football. It's just nonsense they talk. It's brilliant. It's really good. Oh, I'm going to have to get that one. That's all shout-outs done. Let's whiz through this. I've got a tech tip for everyone this week. Tech tip. Right. A lot of people have arcade machines. They don't want to put 10Ps in them. 
They don't want to use the coin max because you've got to you know, empty the coin max. You've got 10p on you and such and such. And this is a tech tip to add a coin or a credit button to an arcade machine. In MAME, if you're just running MAME on an arcade machine, you can actually press the one-player start button, which is your, like, your shift button, and one-player fire. That will give you credits. Yeah. With the, coin, with the button combinations. But on an arcade machine, you can actually wire your two-player start button to the credit terminals on a jammer loom by using a piggyback spade connector. You know on the bottom of the buttons you've got a spade connector normally? Mm. You can actually get ones that have got an extra connection for another wire to go on. So if, right. you, if you wire the two-player button to the normal coin mech, the coin button, which goes to the jammer loom, when you press the two-player button once, that gives you one credit. And then you can press the one-player start button to, pre- to play the game. If you press the two-player again... That gives you another credit, and it also, at the same time, presses two-player starts. It will start a two-player game, so you can play with your mate. Mm-hmm. That's a really quick and easy way of doing it. Right. But what I actually did in my Space Fever cocktail cabinet, which is the one I'm selling, also the one i got behind me in this room, yeah. is you can replace the whole coin mech, which is all the gubbins behind the coin mech plate, or the fascia, whatever you want to call it, with a credit button. Because you don't need all that stuff in the cab. If it's not being used, you might as well just put it in the coin the coin tray underneath and keep it safe with the arcade machine in case anyone wants to use it in the future. But what you can do is you've got a nice hole behind the coin reject button. You know there's always a coin reject button on a coin mech where you press to get your coin out if it gets stuck. Yeah. Well, you can actually replace that button with an electronic button, which you can get from Maplin or RS or Farnell or wherever. Mm. And what you do, it's, it's quite a neat, non-invasive and totally reversible procedure. You can always put the coin mech back on later on if you wanted to use the coin mech in future. Mm. So what you do is you unscrew all the screws that hold the coin mech on and put the coin mech somewhere safe, as I said, usually in the coin bucket, and screw in a suitable-sized button, which uh, a lot of the electronic shops do. Connect the spade connectors that were on the micro-switches from the old coin mech onto the button terminals, and you're done. All you have to do is press a button, you get credit. Off your pot. Oh, that's clever. That Real clever. quick and easy tech tips to make everything look really nice. And I'm going to reach inside the machine and press a button because when you reach inside a cocktail cabinet, especially my Space Fever, to the left of that, about six inches away, is the live transformer. You don't want to be touching that with your fingers. Hmm. 240 volts AC is not nice. No. Mm. So this is a nice way of doing it. Mm. Fair nice. And that one was especially for Neil 1637. 20 to 5. Yes. Okay, right. We're going to have a musical interlude now, and oh god, it's one of yours, isn't it? Do you know what it I is? I trusted you. I, you had one job, <laughs> and what have you gone and done? Well, in keeping with, in keeping with the cowboy theme of this podcast, bank panic. I can never say bank panic again. It was no. after the ooze on, yeah. even though it's not proper. But there you go. No, we'll explain that later. The Ten Pence Orchestra Junior Choir, Junior Choir. Before, just you. No, don't be silly. What's anything to do with me? You crazy fool. I know you own anything to do with it, but nor did I. It's a ten pence orchestra, junior choir, and you'll see why. Of course, they perform the. Well, it's actually Bob Marley originally writ it, but this one is Eric Clapton's 1974 smash hit, "I Shot the Sheriff."
but what do you think to that thing? For this game, should it not have been I Shot the Bandit? No. The sheriff's a good guy, isn't he? Did you not listen to the lyrics? Is, is the guy's a nutter. He's shooting everybody. Ah, uh, that's why then. Yeah. Maybe the person who wrote it was the nutter. Uh, I can't tell. I'll have Listeners, to you decide. I was playing this too. Maximum Phil today, and he was crying with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> so as I when I heard it. Well, oh listeners, you asked for the Ten Pence Orchestra, and yeah. he gave it to you. The box. You opened it. We came. <laughs> Let's go on to do the featured game review. Yay! Space Inv- No, not Space Invaders. Bank Panic! Or what we like to say, Banku! Banku! <laughs> right, let's get this over with. Yes. In Japanese, it's written with a U on the end of both words. The U in Japanese is not usually said, it's a silent U. Because when the Japanese words, this is told to me from my wife, who did do Japanese language for a while, they put they make their words up with two letters. So, ba, nk, and they put a U in it. Panic and ooh, but they don't pronounce the U's in the middle of words or think on the end. So it's just bank panic. It's not quite squished together, the word. Mm. But they do put O's on the end of some things as well, I've noticed. And they do pronounce the O's, but with a the U, they don't do it. Mm. They should do, because it sounds great. Because Astro City <laughs> Cabinet in Japanese is Asuturu Shiti. SH. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, that's how it's pronounced. But it's Astro Shitty. Ah. That's how it's pronounced. I might get in one of them now. <laughs> no. Dirty things. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bank Panic was made by Sanritsu. And it's actually got on my PCB, it's written on there, Sanritsu. And released by Sega in 1984. It has a left and right stick and three, count them kids, three fire buttons. One, two, three. Some people... Had a problem with three buttons. It was too many buttons for their tiny brain. Mm. This is by someone someone we know who does a very good Atari podcast. Mm. I'll let him think to himself how many buttons he needs. Yes. This is the left, the centre, and the right buttons for your firing. It runs on Sega Z80-based hardware. Other such games are Ali Barber and the Forty Thieves. Nice little pl- uh, maze game. Jump Bug, which we like. Mm. And Pengo run on similar hardware. You play a rootin' tootin' bank guard who is tasked to serve the bank punters and blow away the bandits. You have an inside looking out view of the bank, and when the game starts, you see your character behind the counter of the bank, and you always have a view of three of the twelve doors. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. You can move your joystick left and right to scroll through the twelve bank doors. This bank has a lot of doors. You'd think (laughs) that'd be a security issue, right? Yeah, it's a bit weird. It must be a round bank as well, because you can just scroll all the way around. What a weird bank. Mm. You have sort of a radar on the top of the screen that alerts you to when someone is outside the doors. A red square moves to the door on your radar. When you move to those doors, someone will open the door. One of these characters will be there. A male punter, there are two types, one with a moustache and one without. A female punter, a tiny man with lots of hats. That's a bit strange. Or a bandit. Don't shoot any of the punters, or they'll get mad and shotted. Yes. And you will lose a life. Mm. If you shoot one of the punters who are trying to give you cash for your bank, they they look annoyed. They have a big red spot in the middle of their head like they've been sh- just skimmed by a bullet. And mm. they'll, they'll point to a wanted poster showing you should be shooting these guys and not them. Mm. Which is fair enough. They've got a point. Who, who, de- who deposits hats in the bank? I don't know, but if you shoot his hats off, he gets all happy and gives you a bag of cash. That is just strange. But fun. This bank is just bonkers. Yeah, you need to shoot the tiny hats. You get like 100 points for each hat you shoot off the little guy because he's only a short, stumpy guy. Mm. And if you get the last one, you get 1,000. He chucks a bank uh, a load of money at you as well. So you you get, you fill up that particular door he's in with a bank with with cash deposit. Mm. There are lots of rules and play mechanics this game. You want to collect a bag of money for each door. That's how you do a level. Mm. More cash on a door gives points and bonuses at the end of a level. If you've collected a cash bag on a particular door and a bandit is waiting behind a door, you do not know who is waiting until the door opens. The bandit may rush in and steal that cash bag away. 
the dollar icon will flash and then they disappear when this happens on your, your door radar. Sometimes a bandit will also leave a bomb on one of the doors and a fuse on the door needs to be shot before the countdown ends. Otherwise, Dune! Exclamation mark. Dune. Yeah, that's great. That, Not it? boom. Dune. Because I actually got, I actually did this. I missed it once and it, it, you get blown up. Yeah. You get a little sort of scene and you get blown up. I think they got the translation wrong. Oh, and you'll lose a life when this happens. If you manage to shoot all the little guy's hats off, he chucks in a cash bag, which can be used for your level collection, like I said. Shooting the bandits. If you shoot them straight away, you get an unfair kill, and you'll only get 100 points. If you let them go for his six-shoot and shoot him as soon as possible, you get varying points, up to 1,000 in later levels, and even more than that, you'll notice, in later levels. But the quicker you shoot him when he's got his gun out, the more money you get, the more points you'll get. Mm. You also get a wanted bonus for certain bandits. These are known as fair kills. If you manage a perfect fair kill on the red-shirted bandit, you also get a letter to make up the word extra in the bottom left-hand corner. This awards a nice intermission screen. You get an extra life and end the level early. And the level I did it on, I got a 20,000-point bonus. I never did it. I think on the later levels, you get even more bonus. You get up to 60,000-point bonus for doing that. I think. I only did it on one of the early levels, so I got 20,000. But it's really cool. It's a really cool feeling when you get it. And that's what I did when Sarge was watching me, and I punched the air. I freaked out when I got it. I was really happy. <laughs> As the levels progress, the bandits get sneakier. Sometimes they shove a customer out of the way and try and shoot you. Other times, they run past the door and then turn to shoot you. Even the poor old customers get tied up, and you need to shoot them only once to free them. If you shoot them again, you'll kill them, and, or you'll shoot them, and you'll get a uh, a life. Was that a ghost? That was Mrs. Holly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes you'll shoot the gun out of a bandit's hand for him to pull out another hand cannon to get you with. Shoot the sucker twice. In the face. Oof. Multiple bandits can also attack on all three doors at the same time, so you've got to be really quick with your fingers. Mm. And don't shoot the punters, because sometimes mm. they pop up in the middle of it. Usually, the punters act a bit different when a bandit is going to appear behind them, so keep a lookout for their expressions. You sort of know by instinct what they're doing. If they look a bit strange, a bandit's going to shove them out of the way and try and shoot you. Yeah. You are given help by some of the happy customers by a wanted post on their backs as they leave, indicating the door where a bad guy is hiding behind. So you can go up there and be ready for him. Sometimes doors open and close with no one there. They just mess with you. Mm. So gameplay... Twitchy and brilliant. Never rage quit this once. I've never been so annoyed with this game, I didn't want to play it. I haven't. It's and one the, of those games that just yeah. doesn't annoy you. I don't know why. I just love it. You just think, oh, it's my fault, that, and you don't get annoyed with the game, do you? No. Usually it's my fault. Like, oh, God, I just shot a you know, punter or whatever, or the guy sneaked up on me. Or I go for the wrong button quickly, mm. and th- I've usually got my finger on the button and go, no, that's the left-hand button. You wanted to be in the middle, you idiot. So it's my fault. Hmm. On the early levels, the bandits seem to take an achingly long time to try and shoot you. It's hard to time the earlier levels, isn't it? Harder yeah. than the later levels. The later levels, you can just go for it quickly and you usually get it quite quick because they're so quick to react. Mm. But did you know that the Bank Panic game is actually based on real-life events? Mm. At a place in America called Biscuitville Gulch, Tennessee. Really? I've actually got an old recording of real-life events taken from 1826. They go like this. Thank you, sir. There you go. Thank you, ma'am. Hello there. You a bandit? Sure am. And I'm gonna rob y'all just as soon as I get my gun out and Ah, you shot me in the face! I say that's what happens to bandits in this bank, fair or otherwise. Owing you have a big bag of cash. Thank you very much. Wow. Yeah. Actual factual evidence. So yeah, you've got a recording from 1826. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to the Tenpence Orchestra voice actors for the documentary recordings. Ah, you see. You see. Mm. You Contagious, also, isn't it? You also like the Tenpence Orchestra, don't you? When they do stuff like that, they're not so bad. <laughs> so we've got some play tips and secrets. Yeah, good. This is good, good, yeah. Wait to shoot on the early levels. Mm. Uh, on the later levels, shoot a bandit twice in case he gets his gun out and you're looking at another place. If you shoot twice by instinct, 
you'll always get them. Because mm. sometimes a guy will get his gun out again and you'll be looking at another guy on another door trying to shoot him. And sometimes they come in three, so it's quite hard to do. My tips were shoot everything in the face and I was getting about 8,000. Yeah. So then I started playing it properly, even though it was very enjoyable, just shooting everybody. <laughs> These tips are from John Munkus, who's has got an awesome score and he's put Mr. No Mustache Guy will never leave uh, sorry, will never have bandits behind him. I did not know this. Old Mr. Clean Lip will not have a bandit behind him. <laughs> Ladies will not swivel their heads and just look over one shoulder if a bandit is behind. Yeah. Mustached man will either be tied up or put his hands up if someone is behind him. He can shoot him to free the ropes. Yeah, we knew that bit. And you get 3,000, don't you? Mm-hmm. Red bandits can be shot just as soon as they draw to spell extra, which yeah. I never did. You get different when when it comes up with when you shoot the extra guys, and you get the the letters. I've seen about four or five different ones that they have a little poster rolls out, and it shows the different guys who are wanted, and they've got different different faces on there. They're different people. Ah. Mm. Red bandits will appear at doors where money's been stolen, as indicated on civilians' backs. Yeah. Red bandits with high white boots will shoot twice. They're the guys that shoot twice. They so just watch the boots. Ah, uh, okay. But you do have a lot. That's the thing about it's this game. It's a lot to think be about when it's going on, isn't it? So alert, so on the ball. You can't play when you're tired or anything. No. Oh, I said, I think I said to him, congrats on a great score. And he says, well, so close to another life. Got two extras on that game. Two? And another Two extras, yeah. Wow. And another tip, at the beginning of some rounds... Watch for the first pair that approaches adjacent doors. If you line up with them on the middle and the right, they will always be friendly. And often the short guy appears on the left door after they appear. Oh, okay. Uh, they leave, sorry. Three quick and easy doors completed. This usually happens when the short guy does not appear at the beginning of the round. Oh, so the later levels. Because normally he appears on door four on the earlier rounds. Yeah. I did not know that. I think if the short guy doesn't appear, then the left door is hostile. And he says, but I haven't paid enough attention or experimented enough. So, so he, he really goes into the details of the games. Especially yeah. like with Flicky, he, he sort of delved so deep into it. And you could, I think he just could tell what was going to happen in the gameplay, you know. Yeah, he, he's, he gets his, he's got, he's like a few other players I know in the UK as well. When they go into a game, they go technically into it. So they understand how the game's playing. So they can mm. look ahead of what's happening and usually work out what's going on. Yeah, I bet John's good at Donkey Kong. Mm. I bet have to ask him. Yeah. So thank you, John, for those hints and tips. Very good. I wish I'd known about them earlier for my score. Mm. So the graphics and sounds, really colourful, just like all the other games on the Sega System 1. The tune gets in your head and stays there, Dixie. Mm. I think they do all they need. They're quite smart graphics. The, the, the characters are all really good, quite funny. Animation's good, yeah, I like oh, yeah, it. yeah, awesome. Sound effects yeah. are brilliant, love it. So we've got some scores here. Let's go from the bottom up. Yes. So Andrew Driver, who didn't really get into it, 32,500. We had Sarge, who's playing with me that day, he got about 35,000 points. He was only, that was the first time he ever played it, so that's pretty good. Stacey King, 60,700. Delta Lima 2 on 2, 137,400. Ian Dumford, 139,200. Mark K, 173,300. James Tinmouth, 209,350. He's tin. He's tin. Oh, that's tin. He's tin, yeah. That's why he's Tinmouth, of course. Yeah. Yeah. John Key, 219,700. Mr. Holly. Yeah, it's not so great this 243,950. Shooting too many people in the face and not leaving people to be not shot in the Absolutely. face. Yeah. Lucid Sprite Mare, 248,250. Madsteed.com, 276,250. Myself, 284,650. That's a personal best for me. Good score. Yep, I enjoyed that. Neil1637 beat me, the monkey, 358,500. That's a good score. Mm. Then Mr. Charlie Farr, who was always good at these games, 386,050. Mark Happy Dude beat him, 435,300. Was this live at Arcade Club? No, they this got one was, there? No, this was... They've got a board, but it's not in anything. Okay. This was a few hours ago on Twitter he's posted this. Oh, nice. Well done, yeah. Mark Happy Dude. But King of the Castle, Mr. John Munkus, 839,450. 
Wow. Well done, John. That's a brilliant score. He started off getting about, I think his first go was over 400k. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we, we didn't get in contact with Mr. Witchfinder, whose wife can get over a million on this game. She did it live at Funspot a few years ago. And she got an extra award for it, but he didn't get back in contact. No, I didn't get a message back. I don't know if he's if he's out you know, on holiday or whatever, but yeah. Well, Mr. Witchfinder and Mrs. Witchfinder, tell us your scores when you get back, if you hear this. It'd be mm. nice to see what she's got lately. The cabinet art on this game. I like this cabinet. Do you? Yes, I do. It yeah. looks fairly plain cabinet. When you look at the control mm. panel, it's full of Franklin's. It's got mm. dollar bills all over it. It's green. Benjamins. Yeah, Benjamins. It's got the, the three buttons either side for left and right-handed players and a little joystick in the middle. A little chopper chops lolly joystick in the middle. Mm. So that is pretty nice. And the actual cabinet is it's quite it's an upright cabinet, horizontal screen. It's got a really cool marquee across it, which I like. It's got a sort of cowboy in a round sticker on the side. And you've got some nice little uh, looks like a bank telling thing around the outside of the bezel. Quite like the cab. Mm. Because normally those... Oh, this was um, released by Bally Midway on the fly we got here, but it was a Sega game, so maybe they distributed it in America. Mm. And we got a bit of trivia about the game as well. Apparently, rarely, the hat dwarf, the little guy with the hats, is seen under the lady's skirt, the dirty get. <laughs> he jumps out and the lady looks all surprised. And the world record for this game is 9,999,999 points. And two people have managed to get that far. Mr. Counter stopped it. Oh, my Lord. How quick are their reactions? Because when you get to about level eight, I think I got to level nine was my top score. Mm. It's it's like lightning. You've got to be so quick. And, and you always... Because there's a lot of bandits, but every now and again, they just throw in a punter. And you're trying to shoot the bandit so quickly, you nearly always they get caught in the crossfire and you, you kill one of the uh, one of the punters. And also, you've got to. I think I got to level eight, and you've got to press two buttons at once sometimes, haven't you? Three buttons at once sometimes. I've had yeah. three bandits on the screen at you at the same time. Yeah, you've got to be real quick, and it's I just, just messy with your head. You've got to have reactions and be able to see either side while looking forwards, and it's it's that sort of thing with your peripheral vision. Mm. Overall thoughts and improvements on this game. I wouldn't really make any improvements. It's it's, no, it's, it's un- in a nutshell, isn't it? It's brilliant. It's unique. Yeah, it's awesome. Really, there's nothing else like it. Ever is is there? I think there was some. No, there's not a game. Well, unless John Munkus knows of a, another one, we don't know of. Isn't there a light gun game where you shoot guys coming out of windows? Hogan's Alley. Yeah. Some people have said to me before, "Is this Hogan's Alley?" So maybe you can get mixed up with that. Mm. I've never played it. I think it was a NES game, wasn't it? With the, with the light gun. Yeah. One of the famous uh, ones. There, actually, there's sometimes where you can't move away from a set of doors when there's a bomb ticking down on another door. Yeah. You can't move because they just keep appearing and you get killed. That is something that maybe you The only change. thing I could think of, I agree with you totally there, if you sort of move your joystick right twice quickly or you keep moving your joystick, maybe that will get rid of the, the, the customers a bit quicker and you can move because that's mm. actually how I got blown up. There was explosion. <laughs> explosion. Dune. I like that Dune. It's good, isn't it? But I never got bored of playing it and I didn't get annoyed once. This game's got a lot of charm, not to annoy an old curmudgeon like me. Can I get a harumph in here? Harumph. Harumph. No, no harumphs. No, no. Zero harumphs. Did you also know this came out on everything? It came yeah. out on the ZX Spectrum, the Commodore 64, Amstrad MSX, Atari 8-bit, Master System adversions. Some were official, some weren't. Some had slight name changes. There was West Bank and also Bang Bank, which is on the Atari 8-bit, I think. Mm-hmm. So it came out on a load of things as well. It makes my head hurt though. It's too comp. It, it's too much to think about when you know when you're like me, just like shooting stuff out in fear. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what the extra was at first, and so I delved into it and did some research. And you work out you got to shoot the red guys you wanted to get a letter, and I eventually did it and got the five together. It's hard work trying to get the extra life. Very mm. hard work. Even John Munkus only did it twice <laughs> in one game. In one game. Right then, that's that one done. We get a big. Thumbs up for that game. Both liked it. Awesome. Mm. And I should keep playing it. I think I'm going to leave the, the PCB in the cabinet for a while because it's in one of my ponies at the moment. I did try playing uh, Moon Patrol again today. Yeah. But it's still frustrating. So I still haven't finished Course 2 or whatever yeah. you call it, Championship Course. Yeah. Mm, it's in a Zachariah cab at the moment uh, to play a Blackpool. Okay. Mm. So 
Let's calm down a bit and do the art of side art. Now you chose this one this week. This yeah. is Challenger from Century or Centauri, nineteen eighty one. Mm. And we've got some pictures here. It just isn't it just a standard century cab this, the actual shape of the cabinet. It probably is, but it's the side art and well the top the top of the side art and the bezel and the control panel just really appeal to me, very colourful. It all sort of goes well together. Yeah. There's it is all oh, the game actually is very weird. It's a shoot 'em up, like a static screen shoot 'em up. Yeah. Except you've got a button called warp. Okay. And you flip to the top of the screen. Oh, was that so all? You, yeah, Not so like all hyperspace. You you'd go to the top of the screen and you're shooting down then. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I'll I'll check it out when I get my main machine all put together. Mm, it's, it's got a nice it's, side art. It looks very similar to Phoenix. The American version of Phoenix, which had the, the left and right buttons rather than a joystick. And it was in a cab just like this. And I think Time Pilot came in a cab like this as well, the American version. Because we got the Atari Euro version over here. Mm. So, yeah, it looks quite a nice cab. Um, we'll put a picture on the show notes so everyone can have a look at it. But it's got quite, ni- uh, quite nice sort of prospective letters coming out of the, the marquee. It looks quite good. Yeah, you've got the wood grain effect everywhere as well. But Yeah, that was a standard part of the cab, I think. Yeah, the control panel and the bezel, very spacey. Yeah, the, the actual side art is half height. It's sort of like from waist upwards. So it's quite a lot yeah. of side art on there as well. Mm, I like it. Yeah, I like to play the game. Challenger, I've heard of it. Not seen it in the flesh. Mm. Yes. Mm, it's an unusual one. Check it out, kids. Certainly will. So, Hardware Heroes. And this time is one of your picks. Mm. But then I added to it. So tell us what it is, chum. It's an Atari System 1 PCB. Ooh, System 1. Yeah, because I've seen these uh, all lined up together. Yeah, it's uh, nice when you get the full, because in about five or six games, it's nice when you see all of them together, because they're in the same cabinet. Mm. It's a sort of standard Atari cabinet, System 1, sort of very boring logo on the side. But this game is a two PCB setup. They're massive boards as well. They're really big. They're huge. Yeah, they're yeah, huge. they the, the PCB, oh, so the CPU, sorry, is an MC6801. Okay, that's a more modern one, isn't it? Yeah. Even though it's quite early on in time, this was quite technologically advanced, especially the graphics and sound on it. Yeah, and there's it, two sound chips. It came in the motherboard PCB and the cartridge PCB. It wasn't actually a cartridge, as you think, covered in plastic. It was just another PCB that went on top. Mm. They're interchangeable. So you buy a kit, and it would give you the top PCB, and all the bits for the cabinet, like the marquee and the control panel and stuff. So, the games were Indiana Jones and the Temple of Biscuits. <laughs> this is a fun run around whipping stuff, freeing kids and avoiding snakes kind of game. The control panel was a standard joystick and one button, ambidextrous, one button either side. Yes, Marble Madness. Which also madness. did your start buttons. All oh, Marble Madness. Madness, I tell thee. This is a fun two-trackball playing game. Playing it today with Mr. Tronads. Oh, Mr. it's great Charlie to play, isn't it? Well, we lots of swears. I played this in Portland, Oregon with Kevin Savitz when I met him when I was over there a few years mm. ago. Oh, such a lot of fun. You can bump your mate off the track to his doom. Doom. So Peter Patrat never played this one. Uh, it's a platform as far as I know. I had a quick look on a video of it. It looks quite a fun little game. Yeah, the control panel has an unobtainium blue Battle Dome joystick. Whenever anyone gets this kit... The, ba- the battle zone joystick is nearly always missing on it. And getting a blue one is unicorn poo. Yeah. <laughs> really hard to find. So Road Blasters is a racy blow-up stuff and collect orbs driving game. It has a steering wheel on the control panel. And on the buttons, it's got some like, shooty buttons on it. It also needs a gas pedal. So this has to be added onto the cabinet at the bottom right-hand side. Mm. But this game also came in a cockpit cabinet, a sit-in one. Yes, I think I have played that a long time ago. It must have. I've never seen one in the flesh. They're really long cabinets you sit inside. I think I have. Mm. But there was a really good kind of clone game on Atari 8-bits called Electroguide. It might have come out on the C64 as well. But I think instead of, collecting, instead of collecting the orbs, you had to avoid them. Yes, very futuristic-looking game. Really good music and good scrolling. Mm. And we also have Roadrunner. Meep, meep. Avoid Mr. Coyote while picking up bird feed and avoid cars and stuff. This has the same kind of control panel as Indiana Jones, but with a Roadrunner control panel overlay. Mm. And this one, 
was Relief Pitcher Baseball Game. System 16 says this was a prototype, but I've seen the manual and fly it online. I've also seen cabinets of it, so maybe this one came out. Clove also ah. says it was a thing. The manual even talks about an optional baseball card dispenser. Ah. But to me, dull sports rubbish. Not sports impressive. rubbish. No. See, this is where I got a bit confused when I was looking at this, because Paperboy is a System 2 game. It is, yeah. That came out in 1984. So there must have been some crossover between Atari System 1 and System 2, because Road Blasters is uh, 87. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it was developed on the System 1 and it couldn't handle it, so they had to go over to System 2. Mm-hmm. Because System 2 did some other good games, well, didn't it? We'll have to cover that another day. Yeah, 720, APB, Championship Sprint. Oh, they are good, good games. Super Sprint. Yeah, I like few, APB yeah. because they say things like, I sure could use a donut. <laughs> yeah. Right then. We're nearly done, I think. Mm. So next show's game, it's a listener pick. And what do you think we should take from our list of listener picks? Because we've just done... Atari System 1. How about doing a System 1 game? Somebody in the past has mm. mentioned Peter Packrat because we've got it on the listener list. And I can't remember who it is. Yes. So, listener who picked Peter Packrat, we're going to do that. Send us a message saying who it was, please, so we can give a shout and out. And we'll put the settings in the no-shows. We will indeed. So, in two weeks' time, we will listen, talk, speak, think of you again. <laughs> <laughs> it's normally me that messes that up. I didn't mess it up. I just did it with style. He sort of recovered there at the end. Well done, yeah, Vic. Sort of. oh, yeah. Did it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, kids, and thanks to the new players on the high score game. Thank you very much. Cheers and goodbye. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at Tenpence Arcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups, and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>